0: To me, welcome back to my office. To you, welcome back to sound quality. Um, Now, this next bit, I apologize to the people on uh, the podcast, because it's going to be mostly for the people on YouTube. Um, But real quick, if this is your first time seeing me, click here, and uh, that'll take you to the beginning of the Buddhist Book's podcast uh, in the form in its form as a playlist on YouTube. And um, as you can start with Dhammapada episode one, work your way up to this episode. It's a lot of fun. Well, parts of it are a lot of fun. Parts of it are different. It's a journey. It's a bumpy ride. Um, But if you're into bumpy rides, you know. Um, So if you're here for the Jainism, that, but you're confused because you're like, hey, wait a minute. Buddhist books, and Sutras, make up your mind. Click here and uh, that'll take you to episode one of the and Sutras recitals on the Buddhist books podcast and explain what's up. Um, so you may have noticed I don't have like a tropical wilderness behind me and I have honking outside. I am now thousands of kilometers from any sea. Whereas yesterday, I woke up on a tiny island. Or no, the day before yesterday, I woke up on a tiny island. Yesterday, I woke up on a pretty small island. Um, way out, like, underneath Burma. But anyway, <clears throat> enough about that. But as has become, as of now, uh, a habit of mine after returning from a trip, I will show you a few of the things that I uh, I bought since this is all about non-possessions and non-attachment you know it seems inappropriate so you know we do what is inappropriate is that that's like something on the phone itself okay okay what is that what is this thing do you see that is this here oh that's this okay ta-da it's a buddha candle all right I was wondering, is there a bug on the lens or something? So first, we have a proper conch. This uh, reminds me of the ones in Hawaii that I asked my mom to buy for me, and she said no. So now I will show off for you my my conching skills. I didn't actually think that was going to work. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of amazed. That was weird. Anyway, maybe it's a past life thing. I was going to do something really awful and say never had one lesson like Ferris Bueller since we're all Gen Xers here, right? Um, so that's that's the conch. Uh, this was a gift from Priyal. It's a peacock. I figure it's appropriate for my multi... I know you can only see pretty much Buddhist things from this angle, but But here we have uh, some Sikh things, Christian, Jewish, and uh, Hindu, and a lot of other things. So now we have a little bit of the Yazidite going on. Yeah. Okay. Um, Here they call it curd. We call it yogurt. It's a joke. Sort of a pun, but not a classic pun because the spelling is different. Anyway, um, so let's start. Let's go in order here. So at the airport in... Uh, well actually I'll start with this one I hope that this doesn't offend anyone but I am going to name him Peluga even though he appears to be more of a devotee of Peluga perhaps it was the half Christian upbringing Um, just an honorary you can represent while you're here alright um yeah, so Paluga, as you might remember, was the, I assume formless, but I don't know, the one god in the animistic monotheism of the native people of the Andaman and Nicobar Islands, generally speaking, at least some of them. And uh, he lived at the top of Saddle Peak, but then when a bunch of foreigners came, he moved up into the sky. But I am going to go ahead and give him an avatar and assume that at one point he incarnated into one of the tribes. Of those islands, so this is Beluga. If that offends somebody out there, please comment below. I'm curious. Please, please tell me. I, I would like to know. Um, yeah, Krishna also was uh, an incarnation of Vishnu, and you know, in Hinduism, people are always incarnating Shiva. Incarnated as a king once, and uh, there's turmeric all over his palace, and he fought off Genghis Khan. Way to go, Shiva. And uh, anyway, so then next, <clears throat> we went to Port Blair. I always say St. Blair. I don't know why. I think I got some color, didn't I, out in the in the sun, out in the tropics for 10 days. How long was it? Anyway, so my wife's mossy, is that right, um, had told me that you shouldn't just go buy a Sai Baba. It should be a gift. And uh, so I asked my wife to give this to me. And you can see he's got shells because he's from Andaman Islands, so that's fun. And he's very bright orange. This is my Sai Baba. I finally have a Sai Baba. Yeah, you can be present too, just for today. And then, um, so, so he came from the Port Blair Airport in Andaman Islands. And then we had a layover in Hyderabad, specifically because I left her laptop in Hyderabad three years ago and then uh, you know, worked out, okay, next time I'm doing a layover in Hyderabad, thank you for the chikung, uh accompaniment to our meditations. If that doesn't make sense, then you don't know me very well, do you? Um, yeah, so, so we stopped in Hyderabad to get the laptop after three years, and they, they gave it to us. It was very nice. And while we were there, we stopped at a little shop in the airport, and I really liked this particular Ganesh. And those who've known me for a very long time know that, uh, well, at least I used to have this habit where I would buy a beautiful statue of Ganesh and then the first person to say, wow, I think I want to start a Ganesh shrine. I would pick it up and give it to them and say, this is the beginning of your Ganesh shrine. And then I would go out and seek out or, you know, one would find me a uh, another beautiful Ganesh. And so, so it went several cycles of that. So there are several Ganesh shr- shrines out there that I believe probably still have the uh, Ganesh that used to be on my old shrine at one point. But now I have a shrine for all the folk. I'll go ahead and uh, put a clip in here. As you can see, we're adding these new guys to the mix. And uh, here we are back in time from where you just were. Time travel and editing, they're just like they go together. And they're all here, but in the future, they will be where you just saw them. Let's get to the reading, shall we? Um, first, let us um, enjoy the uh, the recital from this YouTube video that I'm going to borrow for, uh, for this episode. The Guru Vandana Sutra, obeisance to guru that was nice is it okay to say that was cute it was I liked the it just had sort of a a childlike I won't say childish it had sort of a a whimsical whimsical, uh, flow to it. All right. So, now that you have those phrases more or less in order, let's move on to um, Upadhyaya Amar Muni, the 20th century Jainist saint's uh, translation into a more flowing kind of English of that sutra. O spiritual master circumambulating around you from the right side. Ah, counterclockwise, weirdos. Um, No, I'm just, ignore me. Um, I offer my obeisance to you, which for those of you who are not living in 1830s England uh, means bowing down to you. In India, they still use that word as they use a lot of words from 1830 and before and after that have fallen into the realm of the arcane. The That's the word, isn't it? Anyway, okay. Circumambulating around you from the right side, I offer my obeisance to you. I offer prayers of praise, bow down, honor, and respect you. The embodiment of welfare, of auspiciousness, Of divinity and knowledge. I bow my head and offer my salutations to you. I worship you with my thoughts, words, and deeds. Okay. All right. I just have to say that would make an interesting pickup line. Uh, Just the last couple lines. I bow my head and offer my salutations to you. I worship you with my thoughts, words, and deeds. Smack! Would probably be one of many appropriate responses. Okay, that was the levity. Let's move on to the analysis. In the spiritual voyage... Okay, more levity. Let's get back to... In the spiritual voyage... Uh, voyage? Mm-hmm. Okay, In the spiritual voyage, the guru is the captain of our ship. Cool. All right. Taking notes if you're running a cult. Uh, in this ocean of life, he takes us across shores by protecting us from the turbulences of passions such as anger, pride, and greed. And lust. I didn't say that. All of us are aware of the inconveniences one has to face in a house filled with darkness. One loses the ability to differentiate between a prowler and an occupant, a rope and a snake. If the darkness is dense, One even loses sense of discrimination between real and unreal. But when a lamp is lit, its flame illuminates all the corners of the house and warms our hearts. We can immediately perceive the difference between the prowler and the occupant, the rope and the snake. It would be embarrassing tying someone up with a snake. Anyway, how significant light is in our lives. That's the analysis. I like it. That's a good analysis, I think. Is it an analysis? I don't know, but I like it. Okay. The darkness of ignorance. Ignorance. Tangible worldly darkness is one kind of darkness, but there is another kind of darkness which is infinitely denser than this. When that darkness prevails, thousands of lamps and suns cannot dispel it. It is the darkness of ignorance. The darkness of our inner self. Let's read on, see if that makes sense. It is this that has created so much turbulence in this world. I think malice also. There's some uh, not so ignorant people intentionally fucking it up as well as ignorant people following along. And uh, yeah, anyway, okay. Okay every person trapped in the web of sensual pleasures undergoes suffering and the path to emancipation is not visible at all. Ignorance leaves its mark time and again as a man plunges headlong into its depths. Oh, that went somewhere other than where I thought it was going to go. Taking a monk For non-monk. And non-monk for monk. I'm not a monk. God for non-god. He's a god. Non-god for God. god. Religion for irreligion. And irreligion for religion. Yeah. Soul for non-soul. And non-soul for soul. Significance of a true guru. This spiritual ignorance can be dispelled only by the guru. The grammarians have said that gu means darkness, and ru means deconstruction. Thus, One who dispels darkness is the guru. Nowadays, the notion of guru has lost its worth in the minds of people. This is because statistics show an alarming figure of 56 lakh people in India professing to be gurus. That means 5,600,000, just in case you're not in India. This is indeed a curse for those who seek a true master. The Jaina scholars enlisted very lofty duties for gurus. For the position of a guru, neither knowledge nor action on its own is enough. Only harmony of knowledge can create a guru. Guru. But in today's world, there are those who live opulent lives, yet claim to be gurus. We all know that you're talking about Osho. You can say it. Um, No, I, I think he was pretty cool, although he did have a lot of Rolls Royces. Anyway, yet claim to be gurus and give discourses on the illusoriness of this world. How can a lame person help others walk to their goal? Only he whose life is a scripture in itself, whose every action is stamped with sacrifice and renunciation, is worthy of being a guru. A guru's significance cannot be gauged by his family, caste, or creed that band have to do with anything, nor by glamour or and power. He is known only by his qualities, by the threefold gems of right knowledge, right vision, and right conduct. I don't know. He is truly deserving of our love and devotion. We can see a glimpse of this reverence and adoration in the writings of the Gandharas, as they composed the great verses found in the primary texts. Cool. Subtle differences in terms of obeisance. In the Vandana Sutra, oh yeah, that's what we're talking about, isn't it? It seems as if the four terms starting with Vandami, are synonymous with each other. But if they are synonymous, why are they mentioned separately? After all, sutras are meant to be crisp and convey a lot in just a few words. The very meaning of the word sutra is to inform in brief. Sutram. From Abhidhana, CI period, 2 slash 157, as we all know. A deeper understanding of these sutras will reveal that in actuality, all the four words convey different meanings. Vanami means to bow down and worship. It is not sufficient to worship with folded hands. One must also worship with one's speech by cleansing it of any deviations. To see a great person and not praise him is a theft of words. Such a person is ignorant of the feeling of joyous appreciation and does not deserve the blessings of his spiritual master. Namam sami means to do some mascara or to fold one's hands in worship. This implies considering the worshipped one as great and godlike. It is only when the aspirant resolves to consider his guru as the greatest with a heart full of devotion that his obeisance is truly worthwhile. Prostrating before the master with an empty heart is a futile action. Such worship is lifeless and nothing but exerting the body. Sakaremi means to respect the guru from deep within. While prostrating before the master, do not keep your heart empty, but fill it with the nectar of respect and devotion. Samanemi means to offer felicitations or honor one's guru. I'll look it up later. Must be one of those words. One must not miss paying a visit to one's guru whenever the opportunity arises. I mean, I suppose I can relate to this when I think of Gordon. I think... Uh, in the 18 years that I knew him before he passed away, probably not a week went by that I didn't see him four nights. Usually after 1am. And more often it was more like six nights. But he would hate being called guru or anything but friend. But he was my teacher. Um, and friend, he traveled. He that uh, he spent a lot, a long time in, uh, like Christian Rosenkrutz, He was on his way to Jerusalem, but he got sidetracked and spent a lot of time in North Africa, like years, decades, something like that. And uh, I probably wouldn't have thought to leave California permanently until after he passed away, but then he passed away so there was nothing uh nothing really anchoring me there and there was all all of that all of those years of wanting to travel in part to follow in his example (laughs) all right uh do not consider the guru's arrival as an ordinary event. Make it a point to visit him despite a hundred emergencies. When Bharata Kakravarti heard that Ursabadeva had arrived in the garden at the outskirts of his city, he rushed out to meet him, unmindful of his being bestowed the title of Kakravarti and leaving his son's ongoing birth celebration. This is known as bahumana, or special respect. Kalanam means well-being in the ordinary sense, but there is a deeper meaning to this. Chugung. Thank you. Um, as explained by Sri Banuji Diksita, son of the great grammarian Batoji Diksita, he says that Kalyan refers to morning worship, like morning, in the morning sunrise, not like. Kalye pratalkale anyate ana sabde. In parentheses, va passe from Amarakosa 1 slash 4 slash 25. Obviously. This means, that which is recited in the morning is Kalyan. Kal means morning, and Anna means to recite. The dark night departs when morning dawns. Sleep gives way to wakefulness, and the first thing to remember is the names of the great souls. Not where my phone is, and oh, God damn it, I didn't charge it. Meh. You and I have to work on that. All right. The guru's name is befitting of this. Thus, the guru is he who brings well-being, or kalyan, into our lives. Akarya Hemakhandra gives one more meaning of kalyana. Kalyam Nirujatvamantiti. From... Abhidhanakintamani one slash eighty six. Of course, here kalyan means good health, being free of disease. That which brings good health in a person is kalyan. This is evident even in the commentaries of the Agamas. Kalyotyantaniro. New word, Moksas New word, Propayati Kalyana, and final word, Mukti from Uttara Tika, a period three. Here it is said that Kalyana means liberation. This is the right this is that state where the soul becomes free of karmic blemishes and finds its rightful place, place finds its rightful place in the core of our being. So he who gives us liberation is Kalyan. This applies to the Guru perfectly, because he truly takes us on the path of liberation with his discourse and blessings. The next word is Mangalam. The next word, Mangalam, is also auspicious, vast, and divine, like Kalyana. When we enter the depths of grammar, we see many etymologies of mangalam, 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 each of which renders yet another beautiful meaning. On the basis of avasyaki Near Yukti Akarya Hari writes in the commentary of the first sutra of the first chapter of Kalika Sutra, Mangyate equals Adhigamyate Hitamanena iti Mangalam. Quote, that which brings beneficial results to the aspirant is Mongol. Did I mention Mars? It's also called Mongol. Mam, um, <clears throat> that's M-A-M, A M, ma'am, mam, galayati, but bavati, uh, no, I'm going to pronounce it the way I think it's pronounced, which is definitely not how it's pronounced. Mam, galayati, Bhavaditi Mangalam Sansara Dapanayati, quote, that which frees the soul from the shackles of this world is mangal, end quote. Both the above meanings apply perfectly to the guru. It is the guru who brings about the well-being of the inner self in the aspirant and removes the shackles of worldly possessions. Maladari Hemakhandra, or Chandra, the great commentator of Basi says, Markyate equals alankriyate atma-iti-mangalama, that which beautifies the soul. Is Mangal. From Visaya Ga 23, Sisya Hita Vruti. Modante anena iti Mangalam. That which brings joy and happiness is Mangal. Mayante pujyante anena iti Mangalam. That which makes the aspirant worthy of worship is Mangal. go ahead and close there it's kind of in the middle of a section but we'd go way over our targeted half an hour per episode to finish that section so thank you all for going on this ride with me as always we'll pick up where we left off uh next time perhaps tomorrow perhaps the next day sometime soon and uh we're diligently we're almost halfway through with this book and then we will move on to da, 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 imperial uh, uh, on to the Pali scriptures. But until then um, don't forget to meditate and uh, do yoga. That's just just friendly advice. Not commands or anything. And uh, Alright. Okay. Let's close. <clears throat> Thank you to everyone who joined us for this recital. Cute bird, not so cute horn. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace.